0: Man, it's great to see everybody here today. Everybody say, God is good. good. Now, how many of y'all got your expector turned on today? All right, you got to have it on. If you don't have it on, you'll get 100% of what you're believing for, which is nothing. All right? How many of you know nothing plus nothing equals nothing? All right? So, just just thought I'd tell you that. All right, here we go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse stand up with me. I like to read the Word of God and I like to give it honor. I'm so sorry. You know, there might be something preventing you from standing up, but uh, if you'll just stand with us and we'll read together, glory to God. All right, everybody there? If you're not there, it's right here on the screen. Here we go, Ephesians 4.22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness." Father, thank you that we are righteous and holy because of you. Thank you now that it's the blood of Jesus that operates in us. Thank you now, Father God, it's covered us. Thank you, Lord God, that right now our ears are attuned unto the Word of God. Our eyes will see truth, our ears will hear truth, and Father, our hearts will receive the truth. Now, my prayer today, Father, is that we'll not just be hearers of the Word, but we'll be doers of the Word, so that, Father, the manifold blessing of the Word of God would be upon our our lives and we thank you for it now in Jesus name and everyone that agreed with that said amen. Give your neighbor a high five as you're seated. Would you do that? Glory to God. Some of y'all know how to do that. I didn't say slap them. All right. I said, give them a high five. Ah, San Pellegrino. All right, here we go. All right, glory to God. So this is a great verse of Scripture, by the way. Today I want to talk to you. This will be the last week we talk about our inside out. But I want to talk about new inside, new outside. Ladies and gentlemen, it is important that you understand that your activity, your your whatever's going on in your heart is going to show up on the outside of your life. It is not going to affect the color of your eyes or, or any of that stuff. Here's what it's going to affect. It's going to affect your attitudes and your actions. And it's going to affect your words. Can you say amen? amen? And so that's when people know there's a change that's happened in your life. It's not a change because you say you've changed. It's a change that they realize and what? and becomes the consistent way in which you live and move and breathe and have your being, all right? That's what the scripture says. We live, we move, we have our being in Christ. How many of y'all are glad you're in Christ? Now, it only works if we obey the word of God and put it to work, but the battle for your life always begins in your mind. I wish that people would understand this. When you're having problems in an area of your life, always start by checking your thinking. It's your thinking that activates your heart. And so when your heart gets activated in a wrong way, I want you to know something right now. That's when you're gonna begin to lose the battle. And you weren't called a loser. You're not called to lose. You're called to be a winner. You're called to be more than a conqueror through Jesus who loves us. Now, how many of y'all are in love with Jesus? See, there's the issue. All right. I mentioned this a few weeks back. I'll just say it again. I think I don't know. I think I was having a conversation, maybe, with Tommy West, and he he pointed this out. And uh, but here's the way it works. We all love salvation. How many of y'all are glad you're saved? You're glad you're saved. Say yes. yes. Yeah. We love salvation, but what we don't like is submission. What does that mean, Pastor? We love salvation, but we're not so great on the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? That means we're not so good at giving him the position of number one, where we live and move and have our being in him, all right? So everybody look at your neighbor and say, he definitely is talking to you, all right? Never own up to, no, you got to own up to it yourself, all right? And it's so much easier, though, if you think I'm talking to someone else. The reality of life is every one of us needs to make sure that Jesus is Lord, not Lord of some things, but Lord of all things. All right, he's Lord of all. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul, your mind, will, and emotion prosper." Saints, I'm telling you, the prosperity of your life depends upon the prosperity of your thought patterns. All right? When you have negative thought patterns, you're going to have a negative life. That's why some people see the glass half full and others see it half empty. So where are you on that? Well, how do you see life? How do you see God operating in your life? But your prosperity in Jesus depends on your mind being changed and and prospering. So we see that it's God's will for us to prosper and it begins with prospering in our mind. Prosperity in your mind is the key to prosperity in every area of your life. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. All right? So if you think you're a loser, guess what your life will be? It will be a losing life. But if you think you're more than a conqueror, if you see yourself as the head and not the tail, if you see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, listen, it will reshape your life so that you can walk your life in an upright manner. It's all depending on how you see it. You'll never rise above who you think you are or what you think you can do. That's the most important thing to remember. You're limited by what you think about yourself. You are limited about what you think about yourself. If God has plans for your hope, your prosperity, if he has plans for your future, how many of you know that is not plans to put you on the spiritual junk heap? He wants you to rise. You know, God's got a better plan for us than we're living. I'm convinced of that. And so it's important that we understand. That's why you need to see yourself with the mind of Christ. If you try to change your attitude or your behavior without dealing with your mindset, you're subject to failure and changes that will only be temporary. Now, saints, God does not want temporary transformation. He is looking for a life of transformation. He wants it to move in and become the new way that you're gonna do life. How many of you know you've been programmed with a lot of things that are anti-God? The world programs us for things of the flesh, but transformation has to come from the inside to show up on the outside. And without this transformation of your inner mind, you have nothing lasting. And that's why that 4.23 is so important of Ephesians. Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, the subconscious part that controls your action. Listen, you have two parts to your mind. You have a conscious mind and you have a subconscious. In your conscious mind, you're conscious of everything that's going on around you. You can see all the people that are sitting around you. You can see who's wearing blue shirts and who's wearing, you know, whatever. You can, you might, you might hear a baby cry and you You'll hear that that's your conscious arena but that's not what controls your actions what controls your actions when your life gets squeezed is your inner or your subconscious it's the part that controls like if i'm standing here and someone throws something from the side and i see it and you try you duck you try to protect yourself that's your subconscious mind kicking into gear it controls the actions it's the action point of our life and so that's the part god's word has to get into All right, And it has to change. We've got a Bible. If you have a Bible at your house, say yes. Yes. But how many of you know not everybody's changed? Uh, There was a survey out. And even though I think uh, I'm trying to remember, you know, I don't want to do it injustice, but I think it was like 42% of Americans now believe the Bible's true. Uh, And uh, yet, get this, 82% own one. Now, how about that? So what happens between the 42 and the 100? What are those people doing? All right, and even in the 42, how many of those are actually applying what God says to apply? So transformation doesn't come because you own it. Consciously, I can see that I own it. We had one on our coffee table when, when we were kids. It's one of those big, thick ones. I mean, I think it's about that big and about that thick. How many of y'all remember those? Yeah, you know what it was, don't you? It's just a great paperweight, all right? I say that with all respect, don't take it the wrong way and send me a bunch of emails, pastor doesn't appreciate the Bible. No, that's all it was for our family because ultimately if mom didn't dust it, it would get covered in dust, all right? So we never opened it, we never read it. First of all, went to a church that never encouraged us to read it. So why would I wanna read it? Besides that, when you see a book about that thick and about that long and you're a kid, how many of you know you're not really interested in opening that, all right? I'm looking for one of them ones that says c Spot Run." All right, it's over in six pages. Come on, how many of y'all are with me on that? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so so the, it, it, we had it, but it wasn't it wasn't working for us. Not that the Bible wouldn't work. The Word of God always works if you work the Word. Can you say Amen? So listen, the metamorphosis of change whereby you get the ability to put off the old man and the new man on can only happen when the spirit of your mind changes. There's a metamorphosis that takes place inside of you. It begins to take place uh, authority it begins to take captive the wrong thought patterns as you begin to put it into work and it begins to set up a new thought pattern the bible says in second corinthians chapter 10 uh, let's turn over there real quick second corinthians 10 everybody go to second corinthians 10 throwing a curveball to the man in the back but he'll be with me trust me second corinthians 10 let's begin in verse number three look at this second corinthians 10 A lot of times I quote these things, man, he's up there, he's fast. Uh, I quote these things, but I want you to see it. It's in your Bible. Look at what it says. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. My King James, New King James rather says, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't walk according to the flesh. Now look at this, verse four. We use God's mighty weapons, now worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds. Notice that, to knock down the strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. strongholds. Yeah. Now listen to me. The word stronghold right there, that word stronghold is the definition of that in the Greek is thought patterns. Strongholds are thought patterns. You can't sleep. A lot of times it's a thought pattern that's gotten into your mind. You don't even realize it's there. you're afraid of something, it's a thought pattern that's been established that fear has been, the door has been opened to fear and fear's gotten in there and you thought on it, you've meditated on it, you've muttered it to yourself, you've repeated it to others and now it's become an established action in your life. But notice the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but what? Mighty, everybody say mighty. Mighty in God for what? Pulling down those thought patterns. Notice that. Now look at verse five. Casting down arguments. All right, that word arguments is thoughts. It's the word thoughts. Casting down thoughts and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Do you realize that your thoughts are coming against the word of God? And you're either gonna believe your thought or you're gonna believe the word of God. And if you start taking that thought captive, you start saying, oh, no, that thought is a lie. The Bible says I'm supposed to think on things pure, honest, lovely, just, true, things that are of a good report, things that have virtue and praise. If there be any praise on that, think. Everybody say, think. Think. think on these. Things that aren't bringing, listen to me, this would stop us from being angry people. Because when you're angry, you're not thinking. Well, y'all know where I'm going with this, don't you? You're not thinking good thoughts toward people. See, here's the thing. We have established some things in our life more than we think we have. And the issue is whether or not we're going to take those things captive and begin to change those things. Now, listen to this. I want you to go to Romans 12. Let's go back to Romans 12, chapter 1. We're going to put up 1 and 2, all right? Chapters 1 and 2. You have to take these things captive and begin to change your thought pattern. Now, listen to me, saints. I want to say this one thing before I move off of that. When you start to do this, you need to understand you're in a fight. Everybody say a fight. Fight. Because that thought's going to come back. I remember reading Terry Law's book. Terry talked about how his thoughts that were anti the word of God would come like machine gun bullets. They just keep firing away. Listen to me. If you keep taking them captive, eventually the distance spaces itself out by how quick it returns. And then eventually... It won't return at all. But you have to enforce the authority, you have to take the action. I remember years ago, Pastor Eddie talking about how the Lord Jesus had appeared to him. And he asked him, He was in a motel room in, uh, in Israel. He was on a trip in Israel. And Jesus came walking into his room and he said to him, he said, Eddie, what would you have me do for you? And he said, I, I need you to help. St- I need you to stop these thoughts. And Jesus looked at him and said, I've already done that. You have to enforce it. All right, some of y'all got it. The rest of you are like, what does that mean? That means you're going to have to get up off your duff and put the word to work. Listen to me, saints. I say that. Listen, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, and I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful. But listen, sometimes when it comes to the things of God, we're lazy. We just get a little bit lazy. It's how many of you know it's easier to let something keep going than it is to resist it and try to make a change when that resistance is going to require a lot of energy. It's like anything else. You lose the battle of the bulge because you don't keep after it. I'm just being—you know—I'm just going to be playing with you today. God wants you to change inside so it can show up on the outside. And this verse right here will help us. Look at what it says. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, everybody say, that's me. You present your body. Wait a minute, I thought Jesus was doing that. No, Jesus has done all he's gonna do. He's now at the right hand of the Father. Now you're gonna have to do some things. That means you gotta obey the word. All right, now that you present your body, a what? A living sacrifice. How many of y'all thought all sacrifices were dead? I mean, come on, let's think about it. Once a year, remember that? They'd bring the ram, they'd have two of them. One of them, they'd be a scapegoat. They'd lay their hands on, release it into the wilderness. The other one, what would they do with it? They would would cut its throat. It would bleed out. They would take the blood, put it on the altar. Then they would burn the the body of the ram. How many of you know that is a a dead sacrifice? But God wants you to be a living sacrifice. Sacrifice, which means he's wanting you to constantly work on the change so that people around you can see it. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Look at verse number two. And do not be conformed to this world. Everybody say conformed. conformed. But be what? Transform underline that word transform by the renewing underline that word renewing conform, transform and renewing the three words in this in this verse that are so vital and they all relate to your mind that you may prove you can't prove good acceptable and perfect will of God without some transformation and renewing. And then, listen to me, notice this verse starts with, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Once the transformation starts because of the renewing, now you're going to be conformed into the image of Christ. All right, everybody with me? If you are, say yes. yes. Now the word transform means to change in composition or structure. To change the outward form or appearance of. To change in character or condition. Convert, which means to bring over from one belief to another. Isn't that what happens to your life? You're changing from one belief, which was of the, of the world, to now a belief which is of the Son of God. All right? So it, it means to, to bring over from one belief to another. To change from one form or function to another. Religious conversion. That's what that word transformed is talking about according to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Now, I read it to you out of the the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary because I wanted you to see. I don't want it to be convoluted. I don't want there to be a chance for you to miss it. But there has to be a change. Everybody say change. change. It changes the outward form of appearance by changing the character or condition now that's important for us now here's the interesting thing there's another word that's listed in this verse that needs to be considered and both are related to the will of God believe it or not the first was transformed the second is conformed this word conformed means to give the same shape outline or contour to to bring into harmony or accord to be similar or identical see you were identical with the world But now God's bringing a change in your life and now that change is causing you to be conformed or literally to become similar or identical to the Lord Jesus Christ. So look at verse 2 and notice these words are used in conjunction with the will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. See, God's will is for us to not be conformed to the world, but to be what? Transformed. And then that third word, renewing, is going to come into play. But notice this. One, of, one leads from the will of God. The other leads to the will of God. It's so important. The will of God's not hard to find. It, it, nor is it hidden so you can't find it, but it begins with the renewing of your mind. And listen to this, the word renewed means to renovate. Now, we understand that. If you, if you lived around my house, you would really understand that because my wife likes to renovate everything. It's a, it's a renovate. What do you do when you renovate? You tear out the old. Come on, are y'all with me? It's the best picture that I can show. You tear out, we, we, we renovated all of our floors and renovate the kitchen. So you tear out all the stuff that you don't want that's old and, and is no longer useful to you and you rebuild with new. So that it looks like and gives the appearance that you're looking for. And that's exactly what that word renew means for the Christian, to tear out what doesn't need to be there so that you can rebuild with what God wants to be in there so that it gives you the outside look that God is looking for. You're actually displaying Jesus to the public because there's a transformation, a renewing of these thoughts on the inside. Man, it's exciting. God has got us going in the right direction. The will of God cannot come without renewal in our lives. It can't happen. It can't happen. You're never too old to renew or to change or to grow. Did you know that Abraham was 75 when he first started moving with God? He was 99 when he got the first blessing, which was that first child. How I many of y'all know that's 24 years? 24 years of change. Everybody say 24. See, we're always of the opinion it's going to happen instantly. No. How I many of y'all figured out it goes over time? Was David known as a man who was after God's own heart? But yet he killed a man and stole a man's wife. See, that's the way he was. Everybody say Was. But the moment the prophet came to him, what did he do? He repented and he changed and went in an opposite direction. John chapter two, verse, you, know, you can read it, the story of the, the marriage, but I love this part right here because this is what I need you to see about God. And I'm going to give you some steps to help you. A host always serves the best wine first. How many of y'all remember the, the wedding at Cana? There's a story in there. And so they've run out of wine. Mary brings the two servants and comes to Jesus or however many servants there were, comes to Jesus and says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. He said, woman, it's not my time. But he told them to go and fill the water pots. He said, go fill the pots with water. They went and filled them with water. And then he blessed them. He said, now serve it. And when they served it, it was wine. And the master of the feast came. Now look, and he said, uh, he said, uh, then... When everyone has had a lot to drink, most people will bring out the less expensive one. They're going to bring out the Boone's Farm, all right? Y'all act like I don't know what stuff is. Sometimes I probably shouldn't speak. Everything comes to my mind. But you have, now look at this. Here's the point to get. But you have kept The best until now. Now you follow me. You think life was good and then you found Jesus. And how many of you found out it got better? That's because God saves the best for last. And it always gets better and better. Always. Everybody say always. It's important that we understand that. It's important. Let me give you seven things here this morning real quick. To help you renew and keep renewed in the spirit of your mind. I want to just help you a little bit. Number one, make the decision to change. You have to decide to change. If you can't decide to change, listen to me. If you cannot decide to change, change will never happen in your life. There's been a lot of things in life. How many of y'all have ever had someone, maybe your spouse, wanted you to change something? And... Uh, you tried to change, but then you fell back into your old ways. Who's gonna be brave enough to raise their hand beside me? All right, my wife has been after me for years. Don't hang your coat on the chair. When I come in there, now don't, you, don't knock him out over there now. But when I come in, when I come in the house, the first thing I see is that chair. And the first thing I wanna do is what? Take off this. Well, the closet's down the hall and on the left. How many of you know the easiest thing, the laziest thing to do is take it off and drop it right on the back of that chair. Yeah. All the men that are with me said, yeah. oh, y'all quiet. Listen to y'all. Y'all like, uh-uh, I ain't saying nothing, man. She's sitting right there. All right. So I, I've had some willpower, and for a month I might go all the way down the hall to the closet. But then when I come in one day and I'm in a hurry, guess what? Boom. Right there. See, Listen. You've got to make a decision to change because once you make a decision to change, you're conscious of what it is you're trying to change and you begin to move in the right direction. Number two, you must have a desire. You've got to to have a desire to change. Listen, it can't be your spouse's desire. It can't be your friend's desire. It can't be your girlfriend or boyfriend's desire. It has to be your desire because if it's not yours, you're not going to do it. You can't change because someone wants you to change. You have to have desire because desire leads us to determination and that puts us over. Let me give you number three. I'm in in a little bit of a time crunch so we're gonna hustle on here. Number three, you must increase your knowledge base. Now I'm gonna stop here for a minute. And I'm just going to tell you right now, saints, one of the biggest reasons why we fail is we're not obtaining knowledge. Do you know the Bible says my people are what? Destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. But did you know that it says we're held captive in Isaiah? The fifth chapter of Isaiah says we're held captive because of our lack of knowledge. Saints, listen, you've got to increase your knowledge base. What is it you want to change? Go study that thing. Learn how to change. I mean, learn some scripture, but also learn some things in the natural. It'll change your life, it'll change your, it'll change your outlook. Knowledge is important, all right? And so your knowledge base is what you build from. So you gotta begin to expand awareness and opportunity. How do I do that, Pastor? Well, you can take courses, classes, job training opportunities, do research at the library, or better yet, just get on Google. Google knows everything, all right? So it'll, it'll bring it up. It doesn't know everything, but it'll bring up what it has access to. Then attend seminars, educational programs, conferences. And here's one that you're not gonna like, but i am give it to you anyway, read. Well, there's a novel idea. Read some books. All right? And uh, so read. I I have plenty of books in my office. I have a house full of books. I have a storeroom with books. And I have a Kindle full of books. Read. R-E-A-D. It's the best way to get some knowledge. Number four, you must apply the truths that you learn. Isn't that amazing? We have to actually apply something. That's crazy. All right? All right. But listen, knowledge that's not applied is knowledge that you don't really possess because you can't possess it till you do it. So you got to be diligent to think new thoughts, seek new ways and apply yourself to grow and change in those ways. Number five, protect your mind against the old thoughts. This is probably the most important point up here because you're going to be challenged. You're not only going to be challenged in your thought life, you're going to be challenged by your friends. Mm, Yeah, you're going to be challenged by your friends, challenged by your co-workers. They might even call you some names. Are you ready for the challenge? Because you got to protect yourself against those old thoughts. And when you're protecting yourself, you're constantly guarding your new state of mind against your old ways of thinking and against limitations that people are going to put on your life. If you're ready to do that, then God wants to transform your life. (laughs) You'll have a tendency to slip back into the old way of thinking. Listen to me. Some of you will have to renew some friendships with people who can take you in the right direction and drop those who are holding you back. Man, it's hard to believe I went there today, isn't it? Number six, let go of the past. A lot of us can't go to the future because we just don't have the ability to let go of our past. Someone has said something or done something and it's holding us back. Saints, if it don't match God's word, let it go. Learn to forgive and let it go. Let it go. Everybody say let it go. let it go. You have to let go of your past. You have to close the door to the things of the past you have to let go of your previous behavior. You got to get new friends and let go of the comfortable places that lead you into the wrong ways of life. And then number seven, trust God and others for help. Everybody say, trust the Lord. The The Bible says, trust the Lord with all our what? heart, lean not to our own understanding and all of our what ways. Acknowledge him and he will what? He'll direct your path. Isn't that amazing? Trusting him causes him to direct my path. How many of you know he's not going to take me back into something that he wants me out of? That's not God. Can you say amen? And I want you to know, I want everybody to stop for just a minute. And I want you to look at the person on either side. of you You got one on each side, look at both of them. Just look at them. Don't say anything. Just look at them. Because you're looking at people that hold the potential to change and live a greater way of life. Every one of us in here have the same potential. Every one of us. We all have it. We possess it. It's called the Word of God. It's called the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Some of us are going to do it. I had a friend that I had to tell him, I love you, but. Because every time I got around him, all he wanted to do was tell dirty jokes and, you know, just, I don't know. There were some other things. I just didn't like it. I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to change him. Stop. you defeated already. You're not going to change them. Listen to me. They don't have any desire to change, no, no, no thinking to change. You need to drop them like a rock. Now, I didn't just not show up and see him anymore. I told him. I went to him and sat down. I said, hey, I want you to know, it's going to be the last time me and you are going to hang out together. And he said, Why? And I said, because your dirty jokes and the things that you do cause me to go to a place in my mind that I don't need to be in, that I've come out of. And therefore, I love you, but I'll love you from a distance. Now, how many of you know that wasn't a happy moment? But it had to be. So let me ask you what are you going to do? You're going to drown? Or are you going to swim? Cuz Jesus will throw you the He'll throw you the flotation device. You just got to let go. It hurts, but God will bring better. Everybody say better. better. God will always bring better into your life. Do you receive that today saints? Amen.